good morning, everyone. My name is Joseph from the American Business Council. Welcome to the Business Exchange, How Business Really Works. So um, as usual, I guess our host, Margaret Lilly. Hello, Margaret. Thank you for holding forth at the studio. Thank you. So, uh, so Business Exchange is, uh, is actually a bi-weekly show uh, that features experts sharing insights on how business works with a deep dive into the biggest stories in business and policy. And guests will make very bold predictions about various sectors of uh, the economy. Today, we will be discussing some very topical and important issues, and that's data protection in Nigeria. The big news in the data protection space is the draft uh, data protection bill. Key highlights of that bill is the institution of the Data Protection Commission, charged with the responsibility for the protection of personal data, data subjects, rights, and the regulations of data, uh, data privacy. Um, before I go on, I would like to share that I have today with me uh, two experts on data protection. And I would like to welcome Josh Egba and John Edokono. Thank you very much, Margaret. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I would not, um, I'll not continue without sharing who you are. And so it's very important to, to share um, who you are and what you do. So uh, Josh Egba is a country representative West Africa for the U.S. Trade and Development Agency, USTDA, while John Edopolo is the head of corporate external and legal affairs for Microsoft Middle East and Africa. So welcome again to the show. Thank you for having yes. us. Thank you. So before we continue, I would like for us to, uh, to take a very short break and we will be right back. Welcome back. So we, again, I would like to, for those who have just joined us, I would like to uh, introduce a special guest today, um, John Edukolor. He is the head of corporate external and legal affairs, um, African Middle East for Microsoft, and Josh Egba, the country representative for USTDA. And I know they will say, okay, welcome again. Um, thank you for having us. So. Um, I just said it for me. <laughs> so, um, so, I would like uh, each of you to please share with us and with the listening audience what your individual organization and the critical role you play uh, in data protection uh, in Nigeria. So, I'll start with you, Josh. Uh, thank you very much, Margaret, uh, and uh, thank you very much uh, all our listening viewers for tuning in. Uh, the U.S. Trade and Development Agency is uh, the U.S. Government's Project Preparation Agency. Uh, USTDA, uh, as the acronym uh, is spelled out, uh, really provides grant funding to support early-stage project planning uh, that is necessary to demonstrate that infrastructure projects uh, in critical sectors are bankable. And this concept of bankability is key. Because we provide early stage funding to help to support projects, uh, we talk uh, very extensively with potential financiers for projects. And one thing we always hear is that there is a lack of bankable deals. So what we always try to do is to help to develop pro uh, projects uh, properly to help uh, push them to financial close uh, and to get to uh, these financiers uh, to be able to support them. We also support partnership building activities between the US and Nigerian public and private sectors. 
uh, USCD has five priority sectors, telecoms, energy, transport, uh, healthcare, and agribusiness. Uh, we've been quite active in the telecom space recently in Nigeria, supporting activities that are uh, tailored towards expanding access to unserved uh, and underserved communities. That is expanding or extending fiber optic cables uh, in a bid to expanding broadband access across Nigeria. Uh, just to give you an example, last year USDA funded feasibility studies for a metro fiber and a data center project in Kaduna State. Over the past wow. couple of months, uh, in fact, very recently, we funded a feasibility study to support the deployment of a subsea cable landing station in Boni Island. This project would, would include a terrestrial fiber deployment uh, as well as the construction of a data center in River State. Uh, we've also funded two other broadband projects that will be impactful. One will utilize aerial fiber and the other will use terrestrial broadband cable. Uh, as you can see, much of USCD's focus has been on connectivity. connectivity uh, yeah. We have done a lot of work in data protection, uh, and I will speak about that uh, as uh, the interview progresses. Thank you. Thanks a lot. John. Yes, uh, thank you, Margaret. Uh, and good morning to all our listeners uh, today. Uh, like Margaret already said, I, I work for Microsoft. Uh, and I'm the head of legal corporate external affairs for all our emerging markets across the Middle East and Africa. Um, Microsoft is a global technology leader, providing cutting-edge technology that empowers every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. Uh, we are at the forefront of providing the technological solutions and tools that governments, organizations, and people use to drive uh, their digital transformation. And because we have such a global aspiration to have every person and every organization on the planet uh, to achieve more by providing them these solutions, we also know that we have a body to make sure that we provide a safe, uh, private, compliant uh, technological solutions that people can use, uh, even in Nigeria, to make sure that Nigerians' data is safe. Uh, and Nigerians are safe on the internet as well. So, and to do that, apart from the technological uh, innovations that we build into our solutions to engender that, we also uh, do a lot of work with governments, with regulators, to try and help them through and to contribute uh, to make sure that they have the right uh, regulatory framework in place to keep Nigerians safe, but also to make sure that they engender innovation in the technological space and make sure that Nigerians have access to global best-in-class technology uh, for their work, for their play, uh, for their for their governance. Uh, and we're going to be talking today about some of the work that we do in that space. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. Thank you so much. Uh, and just to um, underscore and emphasize that we we worked with Microsoft and we worked with USTD was also a key stakeholder at that event uh, when we. Um, held uh, a workshop on the 3rd of March, just before the lockdown, uh, to look at the uh, the draft digital protection um, space in Nigeria, and um, and also to bring all stakeholders from both public and private sectors to deliberate on the laws and guidelines on data protection uh, that would be best fit for Nigeria. And so far, I'm happy to to share that some of the recommendations that came from that workshop uh, have been included in the draft um, bill that has been circulating. So it's, 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 it's good to note that, yeah, Microsoft, USCD, and even I remember, I recall that HP um, operated by Selectium were also um, uh, supportive of that workshop. So 
I would I would uh, just further add that some of us, uh, as to our, list, our listeners and also our guests here, we are, we are aware that this bill is meant to protect Nigerians and and the residents, as it is also done by all uh, governments, most governments across the world. So um, we, I know that such platforms like Microsoft, um, sometimes when I try to sign up to Microsoft um, uh, into a new app, um, app uh, using my Microsoft account or via my Microsoft account, I usually get this problem that this is not an, uh, an authorized app by Microsoft. I would not have control over my data, which is a good way, obviously, to inform uh, users. Also, um, there is uh, the uh, Shopify, which is um, a best uh, case example in the U.S. that um, usually would not use the customer data for their, their business. So um, apparently different models work for different people. and. People are even beginning to say, obviously, that data is money, and perhaps uh, customers and consumers should pay, um, should be given some token for the use of their data. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not advocating for that here, but you know, these are some thoughts that are coming out of uh, of the conversation around data protection. So, John, in your space, how is um, your company constantly improving this area? I know you mentioned some improving this area, and how do you um, want to continually? Um, enlighten um, users or the users of um, of your, your 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 platforms on how um, data will be used. And uh, to you, Josh, because uh, I'm going to these are double double barrel questions to two very important guests today. To you, Josh, how do you propose to um, uh, propose companies should adopt uh, and adapt in this area? I know you also shared that. Um, Perhaps you also want to share some of the brief uh, work you've done in data protection as USTDA because, you know, in your own case, you're uh, a government agency. So it will be a U.S. government agency. It will be interesting to share that very briefly as well. So, John, can you just quickly uh, share your thoughts? Okay. Uh, thank, you, thank you very much, uh, uh, Margaret. Um, I think when it comes to use of online solutions and online platforms, we, we have to distinguish between... Uh, enterprise uh, solutions and consumer solutions. So when we when we talk about uh, enterprise solutions, we're talking about solutions that enterprises, governments, schools, individuals uh, that they pay for to be able to use to drive their business or whatever they're doing. And in those cases, you also you find out that um, uh, th- those enterprise customers they control their data. In those, in those, in those kind of solutions, they control their data. They control who has access to their data. They control where their data is stored. Um, and the, the owners of those platforms or those solutions do not, cannot access those data, uh, to use them for their own, uh, whether it be for advertisement or something else. So that's enterprise, uh, solutions. You distinguish between that and consumer solutions, for instance, say social media. Uh, these are, uh, free, uh, free, uh, consumer products. That have a different monetization model, which is obviously built on advertisements. All right, um, product owners and users uh, usually will determine what model will suit them. Uh, uh, and but the fundamental data protection principle should apply, whether it's enterprise data or whether uh, it's uh, consumer products. Uh, fundamental principles like consent. Uh, there has to be better consent to be able to use data. 
they have to consumers have the right even for consumers that are, that are using free, uh, free uh, solutions or platforms they have the right to 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 be forgotten if they don't want to use that platform anymore uh they have the right to have their data to be portable if they want to transfer to another platform you know and these are things that are typically enshrined in a in a in a good data protection uh practice either for the by the platform operator the solution provider or by a data protection law uh, that that is in the country and and that is what a good product should do and that's what a good regulation should do clear and informed consent yeah. you know clear data use what is the data going to be used for how is it going to be processed who's going to have uh, access to that information you know the, the the data owner always has to be in control of their data uh, and that's why you see even in a good consumer product the user has the right and the opportunity to be able to put in place controls or turn off some features where they think that the, the data is going to be used more than what it was supposed to be used for and that I'm is not... what it will provide sorry okay yeah so so um, I, i'm not um taking the wind off your sill uh, but one of the things um that just as you were talking uh came to mind is the issue that you talked about uh clear and informed you know understanding and that brings us into the the space of capacity building and, um, and, and at this point, I, I know that um, USTDA, so again, focusing again on, uh, on Josh, I know USTDA and indeed a lot of private sector U.S. companies like Google, IBM, um, Microsoft, you know, have been doing quite a lot in the area of capacity building for consumers, um, for, for um, stakeholders, regulators. Can you share with me, Josh, some of the work you've done in the area of capacity building and perhaps some work you they think you know will be necessary um to to to, to do in, the, in that space as well yeah absolutely thanks uh, margaret so usda's approach uh, really to capacity building is uh, to have the u.s private sector deliver our technical assistance and you know after all they are the experts as you just heard you know from john uh, he is uh, an expert uh, and has outlined you know some of the approaches enterprise and customer solutions you know to data protection uh, currently we have an initiative that's called access africa this Access Africa initiative uh, taps into the expertise of companies like Microsoft, like Google, American Tower, companies like GE, Qualcomm, and several other U.S. companies uh, that, whose goals really are to support quality I, uh, ICT infrastructure across Africa uh, and uh, also to advance you know, uh, inclusive, secure, and sustainable connectivity in Nigeria. Uh, so, for instance, uh, recently, USD have just approved the funding for U.S.-Nigeria Digital Trade Standards Workshop. Uh, and it's really coming off of the back uh, of the, the, the ABC uh, Data Protection Workshop, uh, Margaret. So thank you so much for inviting us to that. And we hope that you will be a part of that workshop. Uh, it was uh, the, the U.S.-Nigeria uh, Digital Trade Standards Workshop was scheduled to take place in Abuja this year. But uh, unfortunately, given global concerns around the coronavirus, we are now considering several alternative options, including a virtual event. Uh, the workshop uh, really will focus on the current state of the digital economy, uh, as well as data protection in Nigeria, and also bring together U.S. and Nigerian industry leaders from both the public and the private sectors. Uh, the American National Standards Institute, or ANSI, is our partner in this effort, uh, and they will help us to shape an event that is designed specifically for Nigeria's needs. In terms of timing, we're hoping that this workshop will take place, uh, if it's virtually, it will be toward the end of this year or in the first quarter of 2021. But we'll keep uh, the American Business Council as well as our listeners posted on any updates with regards to uh, dates. Thank you so much, Josh. 
and uh, so again, it, it tells me that there's a lot we need to do in the area of capacity building, and uh, you know, the the council is very committed to working with the various stakeholders to drive that. And obviously, USTDA is one of our critical partners uh, moving forward on this. Uh, so let's drill a bit into the bill. Um, so um, section section 63, section 63 of the bill gives the federal high court exclusive jurisdiction over all the um, matters and the suits and cases arising out of or pursuant to, I'm reading exactly as it is, or consequent upon the bill or a subsidiary um, legislation. Now, this raises some concerns for some stakeholders I've spoken with, as there is uh, there, there needs to have clarity on um, where the commission's jurisdiction can be um, bypassed and the matter brought before the federal high court. So, um, what are your expectations, or what are your thoughts, really, in terms of the jurisdiction of the data commission and that of the federal high court? So, where uh, there is, a, you know, to put it in a, a very layman's uh, understanding, yeah. it's like expect that the commission would, you know, uh, kind of take a preeminence over issues around adjudication on 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 um, on issues, you know, regarding data, data protection, protection yeah. and not move right up to. Um, the, the, the federal high court. So just to, can you, John, share your thoughts around this, Shani, from your legal um, perspective on this? And, okay. and has best practice in other, in other parts of the world? Thank you. Thank you very much, Margaret. Um, so um, I think, first and foremost, just to start off, I, I think the, the data privacy bill is a good initiative. Um, as, as a company, we uh, it might sound counterintuitive, but we are at the forefront of trying to make sure across the world we are really advocating for governments to put in place uh, these sort of regulations because uh, we know that for to drive digital transformation of the economy, uh, you need to create trust in technology. People want to make sure know that when, when they use uh, online platforms or when they use solutions, whether they are used locally or from abroad, they want to make sure that they are safe, they want to make sure that uh, their interests are protected, and laws actually build trust uh, in those platforms. So it's, it's a good thing, you know. Uh, but when it comes to uh, areas of residency, whether it's the residency of adjudication, uh, like in federal high courts, or whether it comes to residency of data locally, um, we, we have to try and address what we First of all, what we think is driving those kind of considerations, all right? Governments are concerned. Uh, governments want to make sure that there's safety in cyberspace. They know there cannot be any national security without cybersecurity. Uh, so they're looking for ways to be able to protect their citizens, protect their assets, and it's a good thing to do, all right? But when you talk, start talking about uh, residency, you look at some of the reasons why they put where they're agitating for data residency, for instance. One of the, the main uh, reasons they put forward, or not just in Nigeria, globally, where we see a lot of nationalism uh, really springing up, they talk about security, all right? So they say the data, if it's in-country, is more secure. Uh, but that's a fallacy. It's like saying, as a Nigerian, I'm safest if I'm in Nigeria. If I'm in Nigeria, I'm standing in the middle of the road. There's no safety uh, for me. So where the data is uh, doesn't guarantee its safety. It, it, the processes that are put behind protecting it is the technological advances and the, and, the, and the operational practices around it that makes the data safe, whatever it is. 
they talk about data localization, uh, driving foreign direct investments. You know, if you say the data should be here, then the money will come, they'll build data centers and all. But if you've ever been to a hyperscale data center, you know that there's no, it doesn't bring money per se. Uh, if I say I'm going to build a data center in Nigeria and I'm going to spend $300 million, the only money that's going to enter the economy is the cost of buying that land. $280 million of that will be the, the, the servers and the networking facilities that I'm going to be importing into the country. Uh, it's a, a data center that's as big as 10 stadiums and serves continents, only has maybe about 12 employees there, most of them are security guards. So it doesn't drive <laughs> direct investment itself. They talk about it driving local content creation and innovation. It doesn't do that either, uh, just by having the data in country. It's like saying, if I have a, a world in best in class tomato uh, storage facility in Lagos, it's going to drive tomato farming in Lagos. That's not what, that's not how it works. Uh, what would drive it would be, uh, technological innovation in software development, how you curate the data, how you put, uh, uh, analytical technology behind it to drive value from it. All right. And that happens anywhere the data is. So when you're talking about residency, it's not straightforward. A lot of the data that is going across border, it's not just going and being stored abroad. They are, they are, they are being processed, um, through by using cloud-based solutions that are infused with AI, intelligence, uh, and, and other uh, machine learning capabilities. And these, these solutions are driving the transformation of enterprises, they're driving the transformation of farming, remote work, uh, e-learning, uh, e-government, uh, as true as, uh, as you have it. So when you mandate residency, you are, you are actually talking about preventing access to those cutting technologies that will be harmful, uh, in the long run to the economy. That, that's right. interesting. That's interesting, John. I, I, you know, um, it's, it's interesting that we've moved into the conversation around data localization, uh, you know, from, uh, the, the beat about uh, resolution of conflicts and, and things, uh, because obviously that I, I was, was going to be my next uh, question, and uh, it, it is um, it is a critical part of the conversation around data protection, which, to a very large extent, I, I appreciate the work that um, you know Nita had done in in some way understanding that you know this is not a one size fits all. And um, I, I know that, you know, um, you know, talk is still ongoing in, in, in that space as well. So uh, from from uh, Josh's perspective uh, and your understanding on how some of these issues around digital localization operates um, across the world, what, what, what would you want to share as an insight? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so uh, um, my views on data localization, uh, I mean, from a USDA's perspective, our goal and, and really what we do as an agency is to try to strengthen local infrastructure as well as to promote the utilization of U.S. technology, you know, that could help to create Nigerian and U.S. jobs in the process. Um, and so, you know, basically USAID has supported the development of a lot of local infrastructure uh, in um, Nigeria. As I mentioned earlier, we've supported a number of data center projects and activities in Nigeria. And in fact, just recently, USTV also announced, uh, I know uh, I spoke earlier on uh, about the Access Africa initiative, but recently USTV also announced the Global Infrastructure Resilience Initiative. This is to help emerging markets, including Nigeria, to plan, to finance, to procure, and to sustain infrastructure that will help to withstand the full range of external risks uh, and challenges. 
So, uh, you know, we, we, we have uh, supported uh, as much as, uh, you know, uh, is, is possible within USDA's remit, uh, data center projects uh, that would help to, you know, to a large extent, uh, as I mentioned, localized data uh, in Nigeria. Uh, and so, you know, through these initiatives, uh, really, you know, we'll continue to uh, support best in class uh, infrastructure uh, in Nigeria uh, and as much as possible, the policies and the frameworks that could help to promote, uh, you know, sound uh, movement or storage and processing of, of data in Nigeria. Uh, one thing I wanted to note, um, you know, on activities that we have supported in the past, uh, you know, I mentioned that we do a lot of partnership building, uh, and some of this partnership building as well includes reverse trade missions. So uh, uh, recently, as uh, recently as just last year, USDA brought a South African delegation uh, to the United States really to gain an in-depth knowledge of the U.S. cybersecurity and data protection landscape. Um, so the South African delegation engaged with the Center for Internet Security in Washington, D.C., where, you know, they learned about American cybersecurity policy and best practices uh, through a roundtable uh, that was organized with the National Institute for Standards and Technology in the Department of Commerce. So these are the types of, uh, you know, partnership uh, activities that we could uh, basically put in place to help to support, uh, you know, the data local localization drive uh, of uh, the Nigerian government. I'll just give you a final example on that. Uh, just uh, in 2017, USA supported Nigeria's infraco licensing process. That was with the Nigerian Communications uh, Commission where we had a specialized visit to the U.S. that included representatives from the Nigerian Communications Commission, uh, as well as the CEO of one of the largest data centers in Nigeria. I'm uh, speaking about RAC Center. We met with uh, the chairman of the U.S. Uh, Federal Communications Commission, FCC, and we also visited a Tier 3 data center. Uh, at USCDA, really, we can facilitate that kind of access uh, you know, to uh, delegates from Nigeria to the U.S. to look at the technology in action, to meet with uh, the drivers of policy and to engage. Uh, by the end of that visit in 2017, really the delegates that we had on the board had gained new perspectives on the importance of a sound framework for data capture, you know, utilization and storage of data, uh, and as well as a Nigerian data protection policy, you know, that can, you know, help to basically provide the necessary context. All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Josh. Margaret, can I add something? Can I add something? Yeah, just, just before you add, we just have some few minutes, so let's just give a quick short and sharp comment, and then we would like uh, you, John, after that comment, to um, share your thoughts around um, your prediction, because we have some very few minutes left, your, your thoughts around what the final amendment of this bill would be, and your prediction, um, we have really four minutes to run right. um, your prediction around uh, what you see, how you see the data protection space moving forward, and obviously Josh would also close by uh, sharing that. So, like uh, each of you, like one minute, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. All so right. Uh, time. So I'll go. Thanks, thanks, and Margaret. I was just going to say my, that my, my final comment was going to be around the fact that um, we understand the need for infrastructural investment to drive innovation in the country. Uh, so we're not against that. We're investing every day in Nigeria. But I'm saying we separate data lo localization from infrastructural investment yeah. because that's not what drives infrastructure. It's the market that drives infrastructural investment. And also we separate it from data protection. It's not localization that engenders protection. Uh, the best uh, protections uh, or the best laws like GDPR, for instance, in Europe, the best laws protect data across wherever the data goes, whether it's in country or across 
or across the border. So it's best to have those kind of uh, best-in-class uh, requirements that support robust security, yeah. privacy, and access requirements, not just when the data is in-country, but whatever the data is. Okay? Uh, and in fin- final comments around my predictions. Well, okay. I-, I know that technology is going to become more integral to our ways of working and, pro- and producing and cleaning. Uh, we-, we know there's going to be a lot more focus on data, whether how it's collected, processed, secured, and there's going to be more regulatory scrutiny uh, as we go along. And tech companies that are going to survive are the ones that are going to be very human-centered and bake these requirements into their products from the ground up as against treating uh, data protection as an inconvenience. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. Josh, one minute. Thank you, Margaret. Uh, So one of my takeaways from the ABC Data Protection Workshop in February was that the scope of the Data Protection Act was really broad. It was comprehensive. While this is a good thing, really, my expectations would be that the bill would be um, uh, a bit more streamlined uh, with interagency collaboration and the practical applications of the Act, very similar to global uh, models and standards like the GDPR that uh, John mentioned. Uh, and as well, you know, I believe that the coronavirus really has highlighted dominant role, you know, of technology basically in the future as more services are moved online. You know, a lot of activities, banking, uh, you know, healthcare conferences will be moved virtually. As I just mentioned, we have one likely in December or, or, or in January of next year. I foresee a continued partnership really between U.S. tech and Nigerian infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, and really my prediction would be, you know, with a lot of confidence that USDA will continue to support the development of that kind of infrastructure in Nigeria as create opportunities for U.S. tech and, you know, Nigerian infrastructure. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Josh, and thank you very much, John. Um, thank you for making our time to come um, to this program. Again, thank you for having us. Yeah, so to our listening um, the viewers, uh, this is, again, the, the business exchange, how business works. And we ask that you stay tuned to another episode next time. Uh, as you listen again to bold predictions from different stakeholders in the business space. Thank you very much.